Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Glory. I know you ladies are blessed. You can feel the residue, come on, uh, of what God did, amen, on uh, these last couple of nights or last night and this morning. Um, first of all, I got to give honor where honor is due. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that God has given gifts to the church, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, amen. Uh, you remember on Christmas, remember on Christmas um, that you... Um, Went out and got that special gift for that special someone. Come on, don't, don't, don't be, you know what? If y'all look at me like that, I'm telling you, well, I, I'm, I will call you out. Amen. Come on. Come on. You, you, you trying to find that special gift. You know, you're like, man, boom, boom. But that's how God did for you guys. Amen. When God searched out the special gift, amen, and he gave it to you guys and your pastors, amen, Pastor Art and Maria. Come on, give it up for them. Show them that you love them. Amen. God has given you a gift, amen, in them. They love you, and I know you guys love them, amen, and uh, you're supposed to honor them, and we honor you. Thank you so much. Glory to God for um, your faithfulness and what God is doing here in uh, Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. Amen. Um, for these of you that don't know me, uh, I am Puerto Rican. Uh, amen. So what does that mean? I speak very fast. I had a coffee um, right before I got here. Um, so what does, what does that mean? I mean, I'm going to speak like real, real fast. Um, and something happens, I mean, in the atmosphere, uh, the Holy Ghost, the caffeine and my fast talking, we make some kind of combustion in the atmosphere and we bring heaven down to earth. Amen. So listen, if I go too fast, just do like this. I probably will not slow down. Amen. But at least I know I got your attention. Is that cool? Amen. Come on. I know I got your attention. Amen. It's going to be good tonight. <clears throat> Amen. I, 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 I'm not long-winded. I won't preach long. I promise I'll get you out of here uh, before the casinos close on tonight. Amen. They don't close? Well, we got all night then. That's what I'm talking about. Come on now. Amen. I preach, I preach at a church, a Spanish church in, in, in my city. Um, and, um, uh, the pastor told me, listen, pastor, you, you got all night. You could preach all night. We just know we're leaving at nine o'clock. <laughs> amen. So, you know, I'll leave you the key there. You can, you know, lock up and, and, and go as you go. Amen. But, but I'm not going to keep you here that long. Amen. I know you guys have had a long weekend. I know I want you to come back tomorrow and I want you to bring somebody tomorrow. Is that cool? Amen. Is there any way, um, that we can move this stand? I kind of like, yeah, I'm just scared of things around me. Um, because I, I don't trust them. Amen. They like to trip people and stuff like that. It's always this stuff, you know, it's never you. Uh, amen. It's all right to have fun in church, guys. Man, I always say, man, I don't ever want to preach at a dead church. So I know this is not a dead church. Come on. This is a Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, tongue talking, devil stomping. 
tithe paying Christians. Amen. They go here. So let's get right into this. Let's get right into this. I know we're going to prophesy. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God for some great things. But I have to start here. I have to start here because the, the, the theme of this conference uh, was transformed. Amen. And I know you ladies got transformed, but come on. Some of you men need to be transformed. Amen. The lady should have been like, yes. Come on, some of you men need to be transformed, amen. So some of you teenagers need to be transformed, amen. So, so you cannot stay where you were, listen, and be where you need to be. Let me say that one more again, amen. I'm Kansas City, Kansas education system, amen. You cannot stay where you were and be where you need to be. There has to be a change in you and in your surroundings, that which is of the earth, listen, it's earthly, but that which is of the spirit is spiritual. You have stayed in this sphere long enough. You now have too much in you to stay, watch this, where you are. If you didn't know what you know and think like you think, it would be okay to be where you are and hang out with whom you hang out with. I'm going somewhere. But now that you know what you know, and think how you think. There is no need for you to try to fit in a womb that you have outgrown. You can't be who you are and be who you were at the same time. You're uncomfortable where you are at because you know you need to be where you are going. But the cares of this world and the problems of this thing called life has kept you where you were. Something is pulling you back to your word, but what you need is the Holy Spirit to push you into your be. Today, you're about to get pushed. Listen, look at somebody and tell them I'm being pushed. I'm getting ready to push you and then to be in somewhere that you need to be, but because of what's going on in your life, you haven't allowed that to let go to get to where you need to be. Give me a few moments, hey man, and we'll, we'll, we'll be hanging from the chandeliers and old Pentecostal church service on a Saturday night, hey amen. Um, the book of Romans, chapter number 8, verse number 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's pray. Father God, I need an unction from on high to be able to minister your word with boldness, with clarity of speech. Anoint my lips for your word is already anointed. Open the ear and the hearts of your people. Let them receive this message as you have placed it in my heart. But let me deliver it as you have placed it in my spirit. Let not one person leave the way we came, but let us leave changed and transformed by your word, your power, and your spirit. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If I could, for the next two hours and 30 minutes, minister on this talk, <laughs> on this topic, I'm being pushed. I'm being pushed. Personally, listen, I don't know this, but I have heard that having a baby is very painful. And all the ladies said, uh-huh, I thank God that he made me a man. Especially after seeing my wife and my daughter uh, give birth. Thank you, Jesus. Um, uh, sitting in the delivery room and watching all that just Happen, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you made me a man. Don't know if I can go through all of that. 
My hand hurt enough from all the squeezing. See, I was not privileged to see my children be born since my wife had a C-section with all three of our kids. But, but I was in the operating room with her having a C-section. Uh, it's a little bit different than giving birth. I've heard. I don't know. I, I haven't experienced it. I mean, but I've heard that having a C-section is a little bit different than giving regular birth. But I was able to cut the umbilical cord. I was able to hold the baby, put the baby on my wife's chest, you know, and all the cool stuff that dads get to do. But, but with my daughter, I mean, I was in the delivery room by her side with her. And let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me jump around here a little bit. In the first and the second trimester of pregnancy, the baby's comfortable in his or her surroundings. The sack is big enough, and there is plenty of space in the belly. Something happens different in the third trimester of pregnancy. The baby starts to grow, and then it gets bigger. Now the sack, listen, is not big enough. The movement in the belly is now becoming harder. The baby is getting uncomfortable. It was okay in the first and second trimester because the baby was small and it had enough room to move and kick. But there comes a time when the baby has outgrown its dwelling space. It has outgrown the current situation that it's in. It's tired of being in that stage. It's uncomfortable to be in that stage. It is hard to move now because the baby has outgrown the current dwelling place and the time of pushing has arrived see contractions contractions are a signal from the baby telling us I know you, you man you're like come on why are you preaching on yeah just hold on I mean buckle up I mean we're gonna go somewhere contractions are a signal from the baby is telling us I'm ready to come forth I'm positioning, watch this, I'm positioning myself for you to deliver me. Get ready because I'm coming. Ready or not, the babies, you can be at the mall. You can be in your living. You can be at church. The baby, I mean, don't care where you're at. I mean, it's just when the contractions come, it's saying, hey, listen, I'm getting ready to come. You need to position yourself because there's getting ready to be a birth. I mean, it's getting ready to come out of you. We look at pain and contractions like a bad thing, but God is telling us to get ready to be pushed. You have been in there too long. It's time to get pushed out of that space. First Peter 4, 12 and 13 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceedingly joy. You're going through for a reason. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's not by accident that you're going through what you're going through. You're being pushed. You wonder why you're at that stage. Because God is wanting to push you into your next season. You're wondering why you're going through this trauma. Why you're going through this situation. Because God is saying there's greater for you on the other side. If you allow me to push you. You allow me I mean, to push you into your new you. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. <laughs> the pushing, watch this, doesn't even start until the dilation process is complete. Because there's no need on pushing on a closed door. 
It's frustrating when you're trying to get out of something and the door has not been open to you. Some of you are pushing on closed doors hoping that they open up, but they're closed. Until the door is open, the baby can't come out. Once the dilation process was done and the door was open, come on, you have an open door. I thought I could just look and tell the baby, hey, his, my, my grandson's name is Josiah. And I thought I'd be able to, Josiah, come to grandpa. The door was open. And then I was like, you know, hey, come on, come on out. And then the door is open to you. And then come on, come on out. And then, but, 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 but the door was open. But it wasn't time for him to come out yet. Watch this. A door could be open to you and you need to get out, but you still don't know how. Some of you have had an open door in your life and you did not maximize the opportunity of the open door because you didn't know how to get out. I promise you I'm going somewhere. And so the baby needed to get out and didn't know how to get out. But that's when the nurse got in my daughter's ear and said, you need to push. I'm glad you came out this evening because what you have been going through this year in your life, the pain and the contractions that you have been experiencing, the tight areas and all the uncomfortableness that you are feeling are a sign that God is pushing you out. That job loss you experienced, God was pushing you to a better job. That relationship that went bad, God was pushing you into a better one. That sickness that hit your body, it was a season of maturity. And now you have outgrown that area and God is pushing you into a new you. Tell three people I'm being pushed. I'm being pushed. I'm being pushed. What you just said, watch this, what you just said is what a baby says in the third trimester. I got to get out of here. What's wrong? What's wrong with the womb? It was okay in the first trimester. It was okay in the second trimester. But now the thing that has become a blessing has become a curse. Watch this, because it is too small for what is happening inside of you. And the Lord has sent me here to Las Vegas on today to tell you that you can't stay where you used to be. And stay and do what you used to do because you've been operating over here, but God has been calling you over there. He wants you over there, but you have not allowed him to push you. Birth is trauma. Listen, birth is trauma. It is, a, it is traumatic for the mother. It is traumatic for the baby. Birth is traumatic. It is a separation, watch this, of past habits. It is breaking away from that which is familiar. I want you to catch this tonight. It is going through metamorphosis of becoming that what you have never been before. It requires pushing and shoving and stress. Come on, when babies come out, they don't look like, like those cute little babies on TV, sucking their thumbs and rosy red cheeks. Come on, the baby don't look like that. When the baby comes out of the, of the body, amen, the baby has all kinds of stuff on it. It has all kinds of gook on it, all kinds of... After birth on it. It's often bruised and 
pushed or it's often bruised and pushed that the head looks like an ice cream cone because it was so tight but you had to get through there any way that you could somebody in this room is being pushed from one place to another place and there's no key way about going about it you can't be pushed and remain calm it's going to require some stress it's going to require some effort it's going to require some groaning some going and through and you're going to have to go through some tight places but when it's all said and done God is going to birth you into a new level that you have never been on before he is birthing a new you he is pushing you into the very best that he has for you listen listen I stayed in tight places as long as I could stay it didn't change, I did. I've outgrown acting like I used to act. I've outgrown thinking like I used to think. I've outgrown feeling like I used to feel. And something in, is pushing me to take it to the next level. Look at your neighbor again and say, I'm being pushed. My daughter kept telling me, it hurts. Get this baby out of me. You know, I wish, you know, I wish that I was, you know, as a father, I could just go in and say, take the pain away, get the baby out. But no, it didn't work like that. I mean, she said, it don't feel good, Dad. A lot of us are going through some stuff, and we're telling God to get us out. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. God is telling you, amen, let me push you. God is making you uncomfortable because if he didn't, you will never move or you would not change. You'll stay where you are and, there, and, and God doesn't want you there. He wants you here. It's God pushing you into your new you. Watch this. He's pushing you to greater. He is pushing you to a higher level in him. He is pushing you to get out of where you are and get to where he has called you. God is pushing you. God is pushing you. Somebody yell, I'm being pushed. I told your pastor earlier today, I said, give me a sledgehammer. I told him, bring me a sledgehammer. I mean, I want to put a hole in this wall right here because we're comfortable right here. We're comfortable sitting where we're at. I mean, but there's an empty room over here. I mean, there's needs. I mean, praise chapel, Las Vegas uh, to take, I mean, to take the area over here because there's an expansion uh, coming to this house. And we're sitting here comfortable. We're sitting here like, oh, it feels good. I mean, there's still some empty seats. I mean, I know. And you're like, ah, oh, this is my seat. I've been here since day one. I mean, don't nobody sit here. I mean, if somebody sister you get all mad and, and you're like oh man come on he's in my well you should have got here earlier and man you should have stopped thinking of somebody this was going to save your seat you should have got there but what we need to do is tear this wall down and say I'm being pushed and man it's going to take a little bit more giving it's going to take a little bit more praying it's going to take a little bit more intercession but God said I'm tired and man, of having a church that is here when I have called it to be here there's more souls to be one in Vegas there's more souls to be added to the kingdom we are the body of Christ and God is saying I'm getting ready to push you into a new dimension I'm getting ready to push you to what you've never been and then what I have already formed inside of you he said all I got is a little hammer I said man we'll make a big old hole with a hammer right there I ain't scared I fly out I mean, in a couple of days so we leave that the pastor to take care of after that.
Man, I do not want to go back to Dallas. You're being pushed. You're being pushed. You're being pushed. And I remember my daughter telling me, Dad, let me get this baby out of me. It's hurting. It is hurting. The baby was not breached, but it was, um, yes, uh-huh, that. And they told her to get on her all four, on her fours and, and rock back and forth, man. And she said, Dad, hurry up. Get this baby out of me. Cut me. And I said, no, you don't want to cut. I mean, uh, come on, you want to go through the process. And, and man, but I remember my daughter saying, man, the baby, say, uh, the, the doctor saying, I mean, it's time. I mean, the baby's in position. It's time. Listen, praise Chapel Las Vegas. You're in position. It's time. Amen. Come on. God is telling you tonight, it's time. Amen. You have been in position. You've been here long enough. It's time to get a new you out there. Amen. And I remember her saying, the, 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 the the, the nurse is saying push when we count to three I mean we want you to push and I'm sitting there on the side I say breathe baby come on we got this I'm like you know co coaching her on encouraging her she's like I'm doing all the work I said I know amen and she began to say dad, dad but, but, but what am I doing I said I don't know but the doctor's telling us to push amen so you, I just want you to push when he tells you to push it and I'm just gonna count amen to ten amen and I would count to ten amen and I would rub her head and try to keep her as calm as I could but there was a point where the doctor said, listen, this is the last one. I need you not to give up. Watch this. I need you not to give up. Amen. This is a very critical point in baby delivering. Because if she stops the pushing, the baby can die or she can die. Amen. And it was at that place. Amen. Then I said, baby, you got to give it all you got. Amen. You got to give it all you got. And the doctor said, I just want you to reach down. And she reached down and she felt her son's head, the top of his head. And she said, Oh, this baby's coming out. I am not about to abort the blessing that God that God has given me. God has got a blessing for you, Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. Do not abort the vision. Do not abort the dream. Do not abort that what is inside of you. And she began to push. And all of a sudden, amen, a cry came from her womb. Amen. And the baby began to cry. Amen. And that joy, listen, what you're going through right now cannot compare to the glorious time that we're going to have. Amen. When God decides to bless that what we're going through. Yes, it was a process. Yes, it hurt. The pushing didn't feel good. Amen. The afterbirth and everything that came, it didn't feel good. But when she saw her baby and they laid the baby on her chest and she said, whoo, this came out of me. And I said, now can I hold it? And she says, no. Amen. Because I want to see her. But I'm here to let you know, praise Chapel Las Vegas, that God has got a plan. Amen. God has got something on the inside. You've been pregnant long enough. It's been over nine months. I mean, it's time for you to get to pushing. It's time for you to begin to get moving to what God is getting ready to do. You ladies have been transformed. There's some metamorphosis that took place on this weekend because there was something that you were not and now you are. And now you are. The world knew you as this. But God has shot down and said, I've changed your name. I've given you a new name. You used to be whoremonger. And remember, now you're a daughter of God. You used to be alcoholic. But now you're son of the Most High. You used to be cane banger. And now you're a soul saver. I wish I had a church. Amen. That I'm preaching to in here. Amen. That have gone through some stuff. That have been in some pain that have said, man, I'm ready to push what God has for me. I'm getting ready to push into this next season. I mean, I'm not going to abort. 
what God has put on the inside of me. There's a vision that has been given to your pastors. They've been up here preaching vision. I love it. This is the year of victory. My daughter could have stopped pushing at any moment because it got too hard. Listen to me, church. I know it gets hard. I'm not telling you it's not. I think some of the toughest times in my life have been since I've been saved. But if I had given up, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. If I had thrown in the towel, I wouldn't be at Praise Chapel Las Vegas ministering tonight to a bunch of hungry folk that say, hey man, I'm getting ready to push what God has for me. I'm getting ready to push for my family. Some of you need to pray a little bit harder for your family. Some of you need to fast just a little bit. Hey man, I'm looking around. Some of y'all can fast a few days and you'll be all right. Some of y'all just please do some hours because, whoo, man, the wind is already about to blow you. And I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Hey, y'all, you stop getting, you know, I'm getting high anyway. Some of you, your family's all messed up. You're praying and believing God for them. How desperate are you to see them saved? There's how much prayer have you put into it? How much fasting have you put into it? How much worship have you put into your family salvation? See, we can talk the talk. I'm praying for my family. You put two minutes of prayer. Hey, God, watch over them. Remember, how much tears have you shed for your unsafe family members? When was the last time you drew a circle in your living room? And then you drew a circle and you said, I'm not getting out of this circle until you bless me. I'm not getting out of this circle until you save my family. I'm not getting out of this circle until my husband, until my wife, until my children amen, are saved. I'm not moving from right here. The Bible says that Jacob wrestled with an angel. Watch this. Because the angel realized that he couldn't win. And he said, let me go before the sun comes up. Let me go. Jacob says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. How much are you willing to wrestle? How much do you want to wrestle for your breakthrough? How far are you willing to go? I mean, to see your kids come back home. I mean, to serve God. I mean, how much are you willing to give, amen, for that to happen? And then Jacob is wrestling with this angel. I mean, the angel says, let me go before sunrise. Amen. in other words, he was saying, let me go before the sun comes up. Amen. in the darkness, amen, of your life, everything is going bad. And you don't know what else to do. Amen. and it's the night hour. Amen. could you hold? on amen until the sun rises over your situation can you hold on until Jesus Christ steps in and breaks the chains over your family amen it brings back the drug addict brings back the rebellious child brings back amen the, 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 the spouse that ran off are you willing to wrestle until the sun comes up 
See, God is pushing us. He's pushing us. Listen, listen, we're pushed into a new season in our lives. And yet, but yet we're comfortable where we're at. We're comfortable. And we're saying, God, just do it. No, God can't do it without you. Listen to me. God can't do it without you. You know the problem with Christianity? I mean, this is the problem with Christianity. Watch this. That we begin to tell God how big our problem is. God, like God don't know how big your problem is. I mean, the problem, the thing that we ought to do is begin to tell our problem how big our God is. I mean, we need to tell, amen, get how big my God is. My daddy owned cattle on thousands of hills. All the gold is his. All the silver is his. I mean, he said he'll supply all of my need. I mean, you ought to tell cancer by his stripes. I am healed. And every other disease that tries to creep up on you. By his stripes, I am healed. I mean, depression, amen. Come on, anxiety, amen. All messed up mind. You begin to tell me, I've been renewed. I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. I mean, my mind is set. My mind has been changed because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And now I'm telling my situation. I'm telling my problem. I'm telling my demon, get thee behind me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Uh, amen. And I can stand on the promises of God. Uh, amen. I can stand. Amen. That he said. Uh, amen. That I'm greater than that situation. Uh, amen. I'm greater. Amen. Than that problem. His word tells me. Amen. That I am more than an overcomer. So why are we settling for less? Because we're comfortable where we're at. God says I made you uncomfortable. Because if I didn't make you uncomfortable, you wouldn't move. You would stay right there. But God says, I'm shaking you. I'm shaking you. I'm rattling you. I know it don't feel good. I know. I know. It don't feel good. But what you're going through now. Let me, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it up here real quick. I'm getting ready to close right here. Because I want to pray. Let me read this in the, message, in the Passion Translation. You got it up there in the Passion Translation. Romans 8.18. Watch this. I am convinced. That any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be revealed within us. Can I share something with you just real quick? I'm not trying to belittle your situation. I'm not trying to make it less than or anything like that. I just want to tell you this. What you're going through now is not compared to where you're going. Amen. Thank you for that one holy amen. Amen. The murmur in the back also. Amen. Let me say this one more again. Amen. Just in case you didn't catch it. What you're going through now is not compared to where you're going. All right. It's getting a little bit better. Amen. It's getting a little bit better. What you're going through now, that situation that is in front of you now, that problem that is in front of you now, that thing that is leaving you restless at night, that thing that is bothering you in your sleep, that thing that is going on, amen, all over your house. Yes, that thing right now is not compared to where you're going. Amen. Allow the Holy Spirit to push you. You're going to a new dimension. You're going to a new area. You're going to somebody that you weren't. Amen. And you're stepping into a new you that God is going to use. Amen. And bring glory unto his name. I'm being pushed. I'm being pushed. Amen. I'm being pushed. You got to allow God. Amen. And the Holy Spirit to push you. 
amen, into your next season, amen, into your new you. There's a bunch of new people that are in here. Watch this. Listen to me. Amen. There's a bunch of new people that are in here. I'm not talking about new to the church. I'm talking about because you've been transformed over this weekend. Huh? There's some ladies, amen, that used to be this and now, amen, through the process of the conference, you've been transformed to something that you were not. But God had already destined for you to be that. And now you're stepping into the perfect alignment in the will of God. And now God has no, nothing else left to do but to bless where you're at. And as soon as we can catch on, grasp onto that, that I am the blessed of the Lord. As soon as I can catch on, I am in God's perfect will. I mean, there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can hold me back. There's nothing that can detain me, amen, from moving on to what God has for me. The promises, amen, that he has over my life. The promises that he has over my family. The promises that he has over our ministry. Listen, the promises that he has over this church. Amen, God didn't make it for you guys to be 19 years. Listen, you guys about to go into 19 years? Amen. 19 years of, of, of ministry here, impacting lives. Amen. And, and come on, it's time to uh, 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 expand our walls. I know, I know, I know, I know. He's like, man, come on, you're about to take up an offering for a building fund. Not going to do that. <laughs> I knew he was going somewhere. I knew it. I knew he was going to ask for money for the building. Not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you this. Watch this. That what God wants to do here is too big to contain right here. It's too big. There's not enough room in here. I'm talking about next door, the tattoo shop, whatever the shop is on the other side of that. And then moving over here to our Good friend bar. Listen, listen. See, we're like, man, whew, can God do it? Yes, he can. Because there's some transformed folk in here tonight. I mean, that are crazy enough to believe that there's more that have to come. And if there's more that have to come, that means we have to make room for them to come. And if we're going to make room, I'll go get the hammer right now, bro. I'll put a hole in that thing so fast. I'll use a heel if I have to. I got a big one. I'll use a heel. If I, I just have big man just run right through the wall right there. Forget it, bro. Come on now. Say, so come on, man. Just knock it down. Boy. There's a man with vision. He said, I've been wanting to knock that wall down. Come on. Just give me the word. Just give me the word. Come on. Woo. Amen. I want to pray for some folk. I want to pray for some folk. Leave the lights on. Please leave the lights on. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if you have the lights on, I'm like, let me share a story with you real quick before I close out. And I've probably shared here, I've shared this story here, but there's a lot of new people here. <coughs> Our church does a lot of live productions. We do a production in October entitled Hell Night. Um, so we've done it for 20, 22 years. 22 years. Um, 
This last year, we just did it. 22 years. This last year, we just did it. We had 1,900 people get saved in seven nights. Yes, amen. And we do it every year. Well, a few years ago, we did a Easter drama. Um, and um, Pastor Kelly did the altar call like he usually does. Did an altar call. And there was a young man sitting right up here in the front. Pastor Kelly looked over at him. He says, hey, you need to give your life to the Lord. And the young man says, I'm good. I'm all right. Finishes the altar call. Feels compelled to go back and tell the young man, you really need to give your life to the Lord. And the young man says, I'm young. I have my whole life to live. I'm not ready for all that, preacher. Closes out the service. People get saved. Altars packed. Folk get saved. Three weeks later, he was riding in the back seat of a car. The driver and another car were racing down the street where the church sits at. He was doing 95 miles per hour. The driver was. Loses control of the vehicle. The front tire hits the curb. The car goes airborne. Flips in the air. He gets ejected out of the back window. Lands 25 feet away from the traffic, uh, from the accident scene. With his body face up and his face facing the ground. Died instantly. Instantly died. I say this story for two different reasons. Watch this. Number one, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Your life is but a vapor. It's here one second and it's gone the next. Just like that. He didn't wake up that morning saying, you know, I guess today's my last day. Let me go tell my mom bye. Let me go tell my dad bye. Let me go, you know, do all of that. No, no. He woke up that morning just like you woke up this morning. The second reason, I'll get back to that one. The second reason is this. That story is very dear to myself because that was my nephew. And my sister went to the church with us, but she got offended and left the church and took the kids with her. And he had just happened to come and see the drama on that day. 17 years old. Just went to prom three weeks before that was about to graduate high school, but never made it. So my sister got offended and left the church. And I thought about this. Okay, she got offended. What if, in her offense, she made it right? What if, let's say she got offended, but what if she went and made it right? Would he still be here with us? And I, I'm not saying anything, I'm saying this. I say that to say this. There are so many people that leave a church out of offense. So many people that leave a church out of an offense and wonder why their life is a living hell and wonder why they're still going from church to church and the baggage is still following them from there to there and they wonder why they can't get recovered and they can't, their kids are all messed up now and their marriage is going through hell, their finances are going through hell and we wonder why, man, Man, why is all of this happening to us? You know that the devil uses offense to get you out of his will? The bait of Satan is offense. And he uses that to get you out of the will of God for your life. 
And people leave, listen, out of an offense, and they leave church. And then pastor didn't shake my hand. My Bible study leader didn't return my call. They changed the color of the of the carpet at the church. I mean, without consulting with me, they painted the bathroom walls. Are you really serious? They did all that and didn't even do a vote to see, and they leave the church. Listen, I've pastored for a few years, and man, I can get all of those. That's why I'm able to quote them, because I know why people left the church. But I said, you leave out of an offense and not knowing, I mean, that you have just tampered with your destiny and your children's destiny. Because where God plants you, that's where you're going to flourish. And if God didn't tell you to leave, you're out of God's will. And that means that the covering that was on you is no longer on you. Let me go back to the first one real quick. He thought he had his whole life to live. The Bible says it is appointed for every man to die once and then the judgment. You're going to stand in front of a living God and you're going to have to give an account for your life. And he's not going to ask you, what church did you go to? He's not going to ask you, did you have a motorcycle ministry? He's not going to ask you, were you an usher? Did you sing on the choir? Did you were the sound man? Were you a He's not going to ask you none of that. He's going to ask you one thing. What did you do with my son Jesus? Did you accept him or did you reject him? Mama ain't going to be there. Daddy ain't going to be there. Husband ain't going to be there. Wife's not going to be there. She's going to be you and a living God. And you're going to have to give an account for your thoughts, for your actions. I didn't give you guys this scripture, but Revelations chapter 21. Verse number eight gives us a list of people that will not make heaven their home. Write, write it down. Write it down. Study it out. It gives you a list of people that will not make heaven their home. You know the very last one on there? It's all liars. All liars will find their place in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That is the last piece of Revelation 21, verse number eight. All liars. Watch this. Because we're in a church. This is a church. And did you know that there's no such thing as a gray lie or a white lie or a black lie? Or is a lie is a lie. Did you know that 99.3% of the truth is still a lie? Oh, I'm done. I done mess some folk up right there. I done messed you up. Amen. Because you told everything except a little piece of it. Amen. That you intentionally left out? Do you know that was a lie? Watch, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. I'm going somewhere. And people go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, revival after revival, conference after conference, and never have a relationship with Jesus. Never have a relationship with Jesus. Did you know that, I don't know if you knew this or not, did you know that going to Tommy's Burger won't make you a Tommy Burger. Just like standing in your garage won't make you a car. It's the same thing as coming to church don't make you a Christian. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about a changed life. It's about saying I was this at one time, but the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, Jesus came inside of me and changed my life. So I want to give you this opportunity. Watch this. I want you to think about this. If you was to die right now, this moment, 
would you make heaven your home? Listen to me. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Your thoughts, your actions, what you've said today, what you've done today. If you should die right now, at this very moment, all the breath in your body is to leave. And you're standing in front of God. Is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you, you work of iniquity. And you spent service after service in church, week after week, year after year, and never made a commitment. Never changed. So let me ask you this one more time. If you was to die right now, would you make heaven your home? You're in a church. I already gave you the scripture. All liars are going to find their place in the lake with burnt, which burns with, there it is, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So I want to give you this opportunity. You're like, man, you put in fear into people's hearts. The Bible tells me, listen, do not fear him that can kill the body, but fear him that can kill the body and send the soul into eternal damnation. That's who you should fear. So if I could put the fear or the reverence of God inside of you to make a decision that is going to change your life, that is going to change your destiny, that is going to change your family, then amen, let me put fear inside of you. I mean, if you should die right now, would you make heaven your home? So I said that three times. Now I'm going to ask you, if you don't know that you make heaven your home, I'd love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you. Maybe you're in this place. You've never given your life to the Lord. You've never been saved. You're saying, man, if I stand before God right now, I don't know if I make heaven my home. Maybe you're in this place. You say, I just want to make a fresh commitment. Amen. If that's true, I'd love to pray for you.